I'm Brian and I'm Dan and welcome to the first down get down NFL review all right so today we're gonna get into all four weekend games um, the Atlanta Philly game big dick Nick throwing fucking passes off guys knees for first downs um, the Patriots doing what they always do in the playoffs Leonard, the forces with them, Fournette, balling all over the Steelers. And, obviously, that last game, Marcus with game Williams coming up short on the last play of the game. Um, we're tearing him down now. I will build him back up later. So we're going to get right into it. Atlanta, Philly, 15-10. Uh, um, or, sorry, Atlanta, Philly, 15-10. Eagles won the game. First thoughts? Julio Jones dropping... A touchdown pass. Yep. Game-winning touchdown pass. Game-winning. Second time this year that he's done that. The first one was against the Panthers. Does he have the yips? Like, what's up with that? I, I don't think it's the yips. Um, crazy stat about that, though. Matt Ryan and Julio won for 18 in the end zone this year. Yep. So, anytime Matt Ryan was targeting Julio, they, they connected one out of 18 times, which is the most mind-blowing stat to me about this game. Um, as far as far as stats go, um, getting into the game, we did say the passing game was going to be not as they weren't going to pass for as many yards as normal. Um, neither quarterback threw for over 250. It was a very defensive game. Um, speak a little bit about the Eagles run game for us real quick. Uh, Eagles run game. Ajay looked pretty good. Um, 15 carries for uh, 54 yards, 49 of which came in the first quarter. Um, he did have a fumble though in the first possession which thought would be I thought would kind of be a game changer for them from mood setter but it didn't show that way right um yeah after that first fumble I was like instantly thought this is not good for the Eagles I thought they were gonna have to go drive down the field and score establish their dominance right off the bat establish that run game which they did like you said as I had 49 yards in the first quarter rushing Blunt only carried for 19 yards, but he had a touchdown. And then the Eagles kind of swung the momentum before half. Yeah, Jake Elliott, Elliott hitting that 53-yarder right before half. That really did change the game. Fletcher, Fletcher Cox on the defensive side. I mean, five solos, seven total, one sack, and two tackles for loss. I mean, he was kind of a game changer the whole time. Right. Um, he's a beast. I mean, in any game, dude's pretty much unblockable. He can get to the quarterback like almost no other, other than maybe Aaron Donald. Um, let's go into Matt Ryan. He threw, well, Nick Foles actually first. Nick Foles, everyone was shitting on him. They didn't trust him. He went 23 for 30. He didn't throw any picks. He didn't throw any touchdowns. But like we said, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, hands the ball off, the Eagles have a chance. That's exactly what happened. So applause to Big Nick. Big Dick Nick. Um, let's get into Matt Ryan real yeah, quick. Yeah, Matty Ice. Uh, 22 for 36, 210, 1 TD, pass rating of 86.6. Not what you want from Matt Ryan, but that, again, didn't throw a pick. 
Um, I mean, they Julio Jones had nine catches for 101 yards. If you say this during the regular season, that looks like a good thing, but this game just did, did not go the way they want. Nope, didn't pan out for them. Um, like we said, that, that Julio drop was crucial. Um, the Eagles during the game had that punt block, helped swing momentum a little bit. That's mm -hmm. a play that sticks mm -hmm. out in my mind. Nick Foles on third down, throwing a horrible pass off dude's knee. Um, gets caught for the first down to extend the drive. I believe they scored on that play. And then Julio dropping the ball. Those are the three big plays that stuck out. We'll get into a couple uh, stats for you on the second half. Uh, so Foles only sacked once. Vic Beasley might as well just been in the locker room the whole damn game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, Atlanta not scoring in the second half. You have to score touchdowns to win games. Um, and then six total points. I believe both of those just being field goals by Elliott. Right. Um, and then, like like we said, the Eagles blocking that punt, which was a big, big game changer for them. Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, any closing thoughts on that game? Those are kind of it for me. Like, three big plays. Vic Beasley, I didn't see him like I normally do. He's usually a force to be reckoned with, so... Julio needs to catch balls. That's all I have to say at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. So, Going into the Patriots-Titans game, not a huge surprise there. Um, Patriots opened up as 14-point favorites. They won the game 35-14. Uh, what was surprising, Tennessee going up 7-0 at the beginning of the game. Not surprising, Patriots scoring 35 straight. Right. And then their defense recording eight sacks along the way. Right. Right, yeah, I mean, the Titans offensive line, at least in the past game, has struggled all year. They've had a pretty good line when it comes to run game, I'd say. Um, and then Tom Brady and Gronk doing what they do. Yep, Gronk and Brady hooked up for the 10th time in the playoffs. Um, dynamic duo. Um, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter who else is on that offense. As long as Gronk's there, Brady's going to be happy. Yep, so Gronk getting his 10th touchdown from Brady. Um I don't know if that's a franchise record, but it's got to be close if not. They're on pace, and they will break it, assuming Brady keeps uh, stays healthy. Um, so let's get into kind of what the Titans did on offense. Uh, Mariota, I mean, he didn't look bad against the, the Patriots' defense. I mean, 22 for 37, right. 254, two touchdowns, 98.3 passer rating. No um, picks, by the no way. No picks, which was kind of crazy, too. Uh, Corey Davis, five catches, 63, uh, 63 yards, two touchdowns. That first one, though, that one-handed oh, catch. Dude. Great, great. We're, I mean, he might be might as well go to Atlanta and do that for Julio. Right, right. Yeah, I wish I bet Atlanta wished uh, Julio was Corey Davis right then. Um, One problem I did see though from the Titans, they didn't rush Tom. They didn't get to him. Tom nope. Brady maybe hit I think four times that whole game. Yep. Rushed maybe seven. I mean, the, the the Titans defense zero sacks. You're not gonna win games. Right. If you're not hitting Brady, everybody knows the only way really to beat the Patriots is to hit Brady, get him on the field, or get him on the ground. Um, the only time you can ever have a decent chance against the Patriots is if you're knocking Brady down on the ground. Get him roughed up, get him out of his rhythm. Um, yeah. Also, Corey Davis got carted off in the second half, which, yep. I mean, at that point the game was kind of already over. But we'll get into a little bit of uh, the Patriots stats for you. So speaking of Brady... 35 for 53, 337, three touchdowns, 102.5 pass rating. That's Tom Brady numbers that's a, right there. Yeah, that's a normal Tom Brady stat line. If you you could see that against anybody, and you would not be surprised from Brady. Now, what I did see surprising, Brandon Cooks. 
no show. Right. Dude had nine targets, only caught three for 32. I mean, they this year they expected him to do big things. I mean, you had, uh, what, uh, Julian Edelman go out for the year with the ACL tear. Yep. Brandon Cooks, obviously signed him, go do that role. No show. Right, which, um, yeah, he only had a couple big games all year. Give him another year. I think he'll get... He'll get um, more ingrained into the system. The Patriots system takes a while to learn. But James White, two touchdowns on the night, one rushing, one passing. In the last two playoff games that he's been in, he has now a total of five touchdowns. So he is very reliable in the playoffs. Um, He really didn't go for many yards, so we won't get into that. But Deion Lewis did have a big game yardage-wise. 15 carries, 62 yards, 9 catches for 79. The dude is versatile. It doesn't matter if it's running, passing. I mean, the dude lines up in the slot sometimes on, on the motion, everything. That that committee in the backfield is dangerous. Right, yep. Um. Yeah, it, the, the thing is, it really, like, they can throw any running backs out there, like we like everyone always says, but these two have been here a couple years. They've, they're always reliable. You don't see them fumbling the ball, which is just exactly what the Patriots need. Um. Uh, another random stat, not a single interception was thrown on Saturday, including Mariota. So we got to credit Mariota. He didn't throw any picks. They just couldn't couldn't get it going against the Pats. Um, and also, like we briefly mentioned, Patriots defense looked good. They had a franchise record, um, or franchise playoff record of eight sacks during the game. So anytime you're getting eight sacks, you're probably going to win the game. Um, any closing thoughts on this game? Um, I think as long as the Patriots just keep doing what they're doing, I mean, they whoever they who do they play next? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Ha- Jacksonville has to go through New England. So I mean, as long as the Patriots stay on course, we're gonna see them in the Super Bowl again. Yep, um, that's the sad but unfortunate truth, probably. But is I was very surprised with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I I want to give them a chance now. I, usually, if I if you hear that matchup, you're gonna say. 35-14, just like this Titans game. But I honestly do think it's going to be a lot closer. See, I thought going into the game on uh, uh, Sunday, it was going to be a completely different outcome. Right. So, hey, we'll see. So, going to the game, Big Ben, 37 for 58, 469, five touchdowns, one pick. You got Le'Veon, 16 carries, 67 yards, touchdown, nine receptions, 88 yards on a touchdown, and then you got A.B., seven catches for 132 and two touchdowns, while Big Ben goes 13 straight completions between the second and third quarter. What do you think that scored be? Well, obviously, the Steelers blew their fucking doors off. Probably like 35-42 to, I'd say, 7, right? Wrong. Wrong. 45-42, Saxonville coming in clutch now how the hell does big ben put up those stats and still lose the game uh well i'll tell you exactly why telvin smith 16 tackles 14 solos jesus one forced fumble recovered for a touchdown on the first play that that is the defensive player of the game and any other game you would probably say he was the mvp of the game but then you got leonard the force was with him for net on this day yesterday. 25 carries, 109 yards, not one, not two, but, but three. three touchdowns. So, and then also, all you really needed to see from Bortles 
was no turnovers, and that's exactly what he did. Get into what Bortles did for us. 14 for 26, 214, one touchdown, 94.1 pass rating. Never was sacked, only hit three to- uh, four times on dropbacks. Which... Which is ridiculous. I mean, you have to get to Bortles because, I mean, they don't have a passing game. Right. They can't throw the ball. If you let Leonard Fournette run 25 times in the red zone, you let Leonard Fournette run, he's going to score a touchdown. Right. Also, Yeldon got a touchdown. Um, and then, Bo- but Bortles, I mean, they didn't even pressure him. No. Like, he was standing back there with all day to throw. You could throw Joe Blow out there with a broken arm. As long as he has no pressure, he's going to complete a few passes. So they didn't get to Bortles, which I want to say is more a testament to the Jaguars' offensive line. Oh, They've yeah. been great all year. Um, so I, I got to give them credit as well as Bortles being smart with the ball. Now, we brought up a crazy stat last podcast. We're going to give it to you again and how it repeated itself. All right. So last podcast, I had said something mind-blowing. 17 times... During the regular during a season, has a team gone on the road twice to the same place? One regular season, one playoffs. Yep. Only one team at that time had won both games. That being the 07 Jacksonville Jaguars, who also beat the Steelers. So, ten years later, they repeat history, going to Heinz Field once in the regular season, blowing their doors off, five picks from Big Ben, and now this time in the playoffs, going to Heinz Field. And dropping 45 on their face. Right. Is it safe to say that the Steelers overlooked this game? And oh. were And were just, like, everyone's just already assumed, already knew that the Patriots-Steelers were going to play each other in the division, or in the conference championship. Oh, without a doubt, they overlooked this game. They were thinking Jacksonville, yeah, they had a decent, they had a good regular season, but... They were thinking, we're, we're playing the Patriots next week. Let's get through this week. Let's do it. And that, that proved to be wrong in the end. All right. And now, what really pissed me off, even though I'm not a Steelers fan, I just literally could not stand to watch this. The Steelers went for it on fourth down twice. Both times was a yard or less. The first time, they pitch it right, short side of the field, to Le'Veon Bell. First of all, why the hell are you, if you're going to run the ball, obviously, quarterback sneak the goddamn thing and if not if you're gonna give it to Le'Veon run it up the middle why are you pitching it right to the short side of the field on fourth down second time Big Ben throws a pass up the middle to Juju Schuster about 15 yards down the field if I'm Big Ben I know they haven't ran a quarterback sneak in a couple years I say fuck you Todd Haley and I audible myself and get go get that first down He's an he's an NFL Hall of Famer. Eventually, they're not going to take him out of the game for that. No, dude, six five. He just has to lay down. He right. literally just has to put his arm out and lay across the line, and it's a first down. Both times they do this, I think this is honestly the difference maker in the game. They don't do this. Absolutely, they kick the punt, trap him inside the the ten. They might come out differently. Right. So, my bad. I'm calling for Todd Haley's job on this one. Honestly, in my opinion, this is probably why him and Big Ben have never gotten along. Um, overall, great game. Any closing thoughts for the rest of this game? Um, Antonio Brown, 70% better than almost any receiver in this league. At 100%. Yeah. At, at 100%. Uh, the dude was literally limping, uh, visibly limping for most of the game that I saw. Had an amazing one-handed catch. Yep. Jalen Ramsey covered him, I believe, most of that game, actually, in, in single coverage. So, I mean... Th- 
Antonio Brown crazy, but Jacksonville, honestly shocking the world right now. Um, Saxonville, that defense is just, like I said, they are confident. They don't care what happens on the field. Yes, it was a high-scoring game, but Jacksonville defense proved to be sturdy at the end. Yep, absolutely. Um, Jacksonville is shocking the world. They're coming out with the two fingers up, one down, pinky up. Um, So that's about all for that game. We're going to go into the last and most electric game. I did say that this game might be the best game of the year, and I don't think it disappointed. Minnesota, New Orleans. Minnesota wins 29-24 on the last play of the game. Um, we're going to start at the beginning and move on. Um, we'll get we'll start with Breeze and that uh, um, New Orleans offense. So here's the craziest thing I think about this. Last podcast, we, we'd, we'd prefaced uh, talking about how Keenum and Breeze – are almost identical. Stat-wise. Stat-wise, yes. So this game, I'm just going to put both the quarterbacks. So we got Breeze and Keenum, both 25 for 40. Yeah. Keenum, 318. Breeze, 294. Still almost identical. Here's the difference. Breeze, three touchdowns, two picks. Yep. Keenum, one touchdown, one pick. Yep. And, um, yeah, Breeze threw two early. They got down 17 nothing. I put an Instagram post out saying the Vikings are looking dominant, but the, fa- the game is far from over, and that proved to be true. Um, the second half, Atlanta ma- or sorry, New Orleans made a run, but their run game really wasn't what it had been all year, and I think that's the main difference. Um, tell us about Kamara and Ingram. Yeah, like I had said last podcast, uh, the difference isn't going to be in the running backs. I think it's going to be in the defense, and that obviously showed Kamara 11 carries for 43 with four receptions for 62 and a touchdown. Mark Ingram, only 10 carries for 25. I mean, they virtually shut the run game down from what we're used to seeing this whole year. Right, and that's been the big – that's been honestly what helped – New Orleans turned it around this year. So without that run game, they really struggled. They became one-dimensional. Um, and we just have to say that the Vikings' D are is studly. Like, no way around it. Mike Thomas did ball this game, though. Yeah, Mike Thomas. I mean, the Ohio boys, Mike Thomas, Ted Ginn. Mike Thomas going for seven with 85, two touchdowns. Ted Ginn, eight receptions for 72. Yep. I mean, I know at one point it was 17 nothing Minnesota, so Breeze did have to start throwing the ball down the field. I mean, you have to abandon the run game to catch up. Right. Um, yeah, and that's really honestly what happened. Um, Minnesota, on on the flip side, also had a good uh, – they, they ran the ball well and um, passed the ball well. So get into that real quick. So Murray McKinnon, the group. Both under 50 yards, but both had rushing touchdowns. I think the difference maker, though, in this game, Stefan Diggs. Oh, yeah. Out of this world performance. That last play, mind-blown. Unforgettable. Dude went nine receptions, 137, one touchdown. But 61-yard game-winning at-the-buzzer touchdown. Right, absolutely. I, dude, I can still not speak in full sentences when thinking about this play. Um, like we did say just a second ago, their run game, they didn't have a lot of yards, but they got crucial first downs when yes, they needed yes. to, Latavius Murray especially. So they didn't rush for a lot of yards, but that run game was still effective in my mind. Adam, the great white truth, Thielen, had a hell of a pass, or a hell of a catch um, on one of the last drives of the game. 
Um, he also had six catches for 74 yards. Dude came out of nowhere, obviously, this year, and he was a beast. Get into what Keenum, the, the, another key factor to this game that happened. So, Keenum, 9 for 11 passing on third downs. 9 for 11 passing Crucial. on third downs. The craziest part about that being the game-winning touchdown came on a third down with two seconds left on the clock. Ridiculous. Ten seconds left. Ten seconds. Yeah, oh. but we'll get into this last play real quick for you and break it down second by second. Getting into the last play of the game. Ten seconds on the clock. 61 yards to go. The play was supposed to be a 25-35 yard hit. Catch the ball. Get out of bounds. So Kai Forbath has a chance to win the game. He missed a 49-yarder earlier in the game. Um, so basically, Stephon Diggs goes up, high points the ball, jumps out of the gym. Marcus Wifgame Williams misses the tackle, and Diggs not only has the the athletic ability to catch and come down with that ball in bounds, but the presence of mind to turn up field, score the ball, say fuck you to Kai Forbath. I'm the star. I'm the captain now, and he wins the game for Minnesota, forever cementing himself as a legend in Minnesota. Um, Minnesota Radio called it the Minneapolis Miracle. I'm calling it the Vail Mary. My name is not anywhere near as good, but that was my initial thought. Uh, Marcus Williams obviously missed the tackle, but he had to pick earlier in the game. Um, he handled it like a professional after the game, said that he was going to do his best to never let it happen again. Um, if it does happen again, he shouldn't be playing football. Um, and basically, he was in his highest spirits as he could have been for a play like that to happen. Um, he didn't let it get him down. I don't think it shook his confidence. In fact, it probably only made him work harder in this offseason coming up. Any final thoughts on the weekend before we go into our picks? Um, the end of the game felt like the World uh, World Series final. Yeah. Um, I saw reaction videos from the uh, oh, Minnesota yeah. Wild game. They left the game to go to the concourse to watch the last freaking play. Right. Um, I mean, Twitter blew up. Uh, it just uh, uh, Case Keenum blacked out and said he didn't even remember throwing the football. <laughs> um, it was it was a crazy play. Uh, a good cap, good end to an amazing, uh, pre, uh, what is it, postseason football weekend. Yeah, I, you could not end that weekend with a better play. Um, so like we said before, we made our picks in our first podcast. Um, I went 3-5 and five overall, 2-2 two and two straight up, 1-3 and three against the spread. Brian? I went 7-1, and 4-0 and oh with the picks. Yeah, I called Jacksonville. It's on record now, so yep. you guys it best is. believe I picked Jacksonville. And then I went 7-1 and one against the spread. 3-1. and 3-1 and one against the spread, 7-1 and one overall. My apologies. So I am not a betting man. I should have went to Vegas. Yep. Uh, Brian would came back a lot richer, man. I usually do bet on NFL games, not during the playoffs, for this simple fact that it is so unpredictable. So I'm very happy I didn't bet because I would be coming back with nothing. I would have all my possessions on a stick and a bandana, and I'd be walking around looking for a place to live. So great weekend in football. Thanks for listening. Um, hopefully you guys will listen to us again. We're going to do a preview for next weekend, probably Thursday or Friday maybe even Saturday morning, and then we'll do a review. Um, again, thanks for listening. 
give us any suggestions, comments, bitches, gripes, complaints. Here's a little music for that ass to ride out to. Peace.